Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. It's time for episode 675 of Who Charted, the show where comedians and me discuss the top five songs and movies of the week. We are just days away from Checkpoint Santa. I am your reluctant host for today, Brett Starred BPM Morris. Not joining us today, you may have noticed, because of the flu, is Mr. Howard Kramer. But the charts go on, and helping me count them down is one of our favorite guests, it's Mr. Will Hines. Hey, what's going on, Brett? Thank you for joining me today. Oh, I'm I'm psyched. I'm sad that Howard can't be here. I'm sure our listeners are too, but we wish yes. him well. We'll try to we'll try to do him right in his stead. We wish him well. And you know yeah. what? If you're sick, you shouldn't have to podcast. Like yeah, we should, should normalize the idea of uh, you yeah. know, sick podcast hosts. You don't there's, hear that much of like There's no shame. You know, you need yeah. you need days off. Yeah. And I'll tell you, uh there might not be a two charted this week if you know he's feeling bad this week and he's this not up the, for it. I gotta say this is the right okay. time of year for weeks off. Like I think <clears throat> one thing that is normalized is time off for the holidays, right? And and I think maybe that could reach even into the lowly realm of podcasting. <laughs> yeah, you know, traditionally that has not been normalized for podcasting in my experience. That's right. I have had to hustle out, you know. 20 different podcasts for the holidays <laughs> yeah, before right. I get some time off. <laughs> yeah. Um, you, you don't know? think it's fair that you do four months worth of work in a week so you can have one <laughs> week off? Yeah, exactly. You don't think that's fair? I think it is becoming more normal though. And I'm glad to see it, uh, yeah. especially as we take the the helm of our own podcast and just like, you know what? For Christmas, let's put out a rerun. Like who, who cares? People do it. Yeah. People do um, it. So anyway, uh, you're the perfect co-host for today. Thank you. I, we'll I love this, this show. Together. I'm, a, I'm a I'm a Who Charted super fan. Um, I love music podcasts and people who talk about music and movies. You know, analyzing media in general. Uh, that's one of my favorite types of podcasts. Absolutely, and uh, you might know us talking together from the Screw It. We're just going to talk about the Beatles podcast. That's your right. Podcast and. Um, um, so we might be relating things to the Beatles more than your usual Who Charted, but or I, not. I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't yeah. mind. Let's do it. <laughs> Absolutely. And uh, all right, let's get into the music chart. Okay, great. I'm going to try to do this and, right. Um, <clears throat> I have, I figured since I'm hosting, I'm not going to take Howard's words as my own. 
So I out of respect. Out, yeah, out of respect. So I will attempt to perform my own history of music here. Incredible. Uh, here we go. <laughs> music. We used to play with sticks. Harpsichords, fugal horns, then guitar picks. Now we play on digital synths. What's next? Brain chips? Tunes. <laughs> that was pretty good. That's <laughs> not bad. That was way better than I expected. <laughs> it's an alternative history of music. Also, it had a little Brett Morris a Brett Morris spin to it, you know, kind of maybe a bit more technically leaned yeah. than, than Howard, ten, you know, right. How, yeah. Howard's, Howard's more spiritual and emotional, but Brett, you're, you know, you're the, you're the producer uh-huh. and, the, and the studio musician. So you're going to, you're going to get into the mechanics of actually saying things so like sticks. Less funny, more technical, which is That's correct. definitely That's what, what people, <laughs> definitely <laughs> a winning combination. That's what people uh, want from comedy. their comedy podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I wish that yeah. comedy podcast was more technical. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, all right. So a lot of the main charts, like the Spotify chart and iTunes and everything, are just all classic Christmas right now. So I'm kind of okay, skipping right. that over. And uh, I figure let's do some uh, iHeartRadio alternative rock. Let's have some fun today. The top five alternative rock songs. Coming in at number five. Number five. Cannons with Loving You. Okay, let's see. First thing that sticks out to me is um, that this is classified as alternative rock. Yeah, I mean, what, this is almost like disco or something. Yeah, what makes it alternative rock? There is a guitar in it. Yeah, um, maybe that just means like there was, there was no budget to produce it. <laughs> yeah, probably has to do with just who they're sort of associated with, who they tour with. Yeah, just, just who what scene are. they're in, what their yeah. what label they're in. Cannons, I've well, never heard of them. Maybe this is a de- departure for them, you know. Um, the whistling at the top, all whistling in songs, reminds me of that Peter Bjorn and John song where they whistle, whatever that one was called. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> young young folks, I think it was called. Just some What's song the whistle part. Folks. Can you whistle it? Oh, God, no, I can't remember. Yeah, I had it until you just until you just said you it. can whistle though. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, whenever I try to think of whistling in songs, I can only think of John Lennon's Jealous Guy. Oh, that's right. He does whistle. He, he in whistles that. in that, yeah. He's got a very high register whistle. That, He's for um, real. You know, but there's also, you got Guns N' Roses' Patience. It's a classic whistle. Oh, right. I can't remember that. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah. <clears throat> and then you got Dock Is of the that, Bay. Oh, sure. That's it. Sitting that's on the dock. That's a, yeah. maybe, maybe the 
the most. That might be the most iconic whistle. Iconic whistle, maybe. But Young Folks, the one that I cannot remember right now, that's the most iconic of like this century, I think. Okay. Do you know the then, song I'm talking about? I, I don't. I think I've. I Somebody think I will when I hear it. What's it called? Young Folks. Oh, yeah. Bjorn and John. Oh, yeah. And, and this has. I did not remember that was such a long intro. Oh, there of course. Go. Of course. And that the same amount of echo they have on it is what Canon did. So to me, that's like the classic indie rock whistle. Right. That's a, a definite iconic indie rock thing. Like this song represents an entire era of indie rock that I kind of missed at the time. Yeah. Or Also, like, the, the, the clap, the hand claps in this Canon song sound like the men in black hand claps. Oh, interesting. Um. um yeah, I, so, this is one of those songs that is just in my life somehow, and I've heard it a hundred times, but I don't know exactly young folks, when and where. Yeah, Young yeah. Folks. Yeah, it was. It, I don't know if it was officially like a car commercial song, but it was one of those that for some reason- I think it maybe was. When it came out, everybody just wanted it. Yes. Yeah. When I first heard it, I was like, oh, that's a totally fine song. And then it was like <laughs> everywhere. And I was like, man, <laughs> people, this was just what people wanted this year. Anyway, maybe can't. maybe that'll happen to the fine people in Cannons. The other uh, the other whistle I can think of is Scorpions' "Winds of Change," <laughs> which is a, that a that's a much more like profound whistle because he's like he's whistling at the fall of the Berlin Wall in that one. <laughs> <laughs> you know that song, right? Um, yes, but I can't recall it. This, the, I think the, the, yeah. Scorpions. The only things I can immediately call are "Rock Me Like a Hurricane" and "Still Loving You." This is like the really deep ballad song for Germany. Oh, yeah. I know. Yes. Yeah. Also a very high-pitched whistle. They brought in a pro whistler. Try to get that. No. <laughs> it's really funny. To, the idea it's very funny just, to have whistling in a heavy metal song. Yeah. I always it's think like in a whistle part, it would be so hard to get through live kind of without laughing. <laughs> the pressure would be the so second crazy. you crack when you're whistling, it's over. Yeah. Um, okay, coming in at number four. Number four. I never know how to say this. Main skin or mon skin? Okay. Mana skin, do you know them? I don't. This is Honey, Are You Coming? Good heavens. So, does I mean, am I just too old? Everything it sounds good. It sounds good, but like mm-hmm. everything sounds like it w- it could also have come out twenty years ago. Exactly. Totally. Like that's a really good song, but it kind of sounds a little like either Queens of the Stone Age or maybe like even I'm thinking <clears throat> the Libertines, the uh, the Pete Doherty. 
uh, group from yeah. Great Britain in that it's sort of like post blur blur kind of right. There's definitely a, a period, like I would say after '99 or so. Like yeah, w- once the 2000s came, there's a this template of what sort of hard rock, like a straight down the middle hard rock song on the radio sounds like. Yeah, that I've like never the- been. I've never been a big fan of. And it's, it's very compressed and sort of just like, yeah, contained. And, and the way like, the riff goes, and then the the vocals go over it, and then the the structure of it, all of it just feels like very much. It could all come out in the same year, post the year two thousand, and yeah. uh, usually just bums me out. <laughs> I don't, I don't love it. Yeah, it's all like heavy. Every beat is hit real hard. Yes. Uh, uh, the drums are all like triggered sounds for the most part, like in the studio. So they're just every, perfectly everybody in the pristine. band had like five cups of espresso before they started playing, <laughs> yeah. gritted their teeth and just like. They did that uh, one song. I think they're Italian and they did that song that was kind of everywhere a couple of years ago. It was called Beggin'. You ever heard this one? This one was to me a lot cooler, and I think it might be a cover of like a '60s song. But it, I mean, it was that one had a more more groove, I guess. That yeah. one had like a little more move. I know you're a big you're a big dance guy. I gotta dance, yeah, anytime. <laughs> it was funny. It's like uh, obviously like not a big dance guy, but you do need music to like make you want to move, at least in your head. Like in my it's head, a- I'm grooving. To, it's better yeah. when that happens for, for sure. Yeah. Um, I mean, all rock and roll started out as dance music. Like that was dance. That's what teens yeah, come and, dance to. That was yeah, the gather in this it. room and we will make sounds that make you all dance together. Yeah. So you get too but, far uh, removed from that. I don't know if it works. Yeah. Um, although as a fan of They Might Be Giants, I also like very square mechanical <laughs> yeah. music box sounding melodies. But yeah. <clears throat> Dance, uh, I'll give it to you. Dance is a big part. I got to say, when I saw them live uh, earlier this year. The Hollywood Bowl. They had so much energy. I could see people dancing to that. Like they, yeah, they, they can the rock. horns That's, going. They were rocking out. I was actually yeah. really surprised by just how I, like, I saw, thrilling it was live. I was at that show too. They opened for Sparks. And I think they yeah. were kind of trying to prove a point. Like we deserve to be at the Hollywood Bowl. We can rock this place. Yeah. Even though it was like four in the afternoon or whatever time it was. <laughs> yeah, it was always, always tough the heat. for an opener. Yeah, they, it was, the they were so good. And by the way, you mentioned Queens of the Stone Age. I just saw them on Saturday night. And How was it? I've seen them many times. This was, I think, the best I've ever seen them. They sounded really? inc- incredible. They were so what good. Think, what do you think it was? Just the holidays got them going? Or? <laughs> yeah, they're so excited for Christmas. <laughs> um, I don't know. I think they're just so seasoned as a band and the songs are all there now to fill out an entire set list of just like really good songs. And they have all the tones dialed in. Like they're all, they're so full of like really interesting guitar tones that, I mean, talk about, we talk about like generic rock sound. They're the one band I feel like that has managed to just make new rock and roll sound like always fresh and cool and it's swaggering without sounding cheesy. 
or like dad rock or anything. Like they're just, they somehow just nail it. I don't know, but they just perfectly executed what they do. Uh, the great light show. They were just on fire. That's awesome. I'd yeah. love to hear that. I mean, it is crazy that every band, every band that tours like should be getting better, right? Like they're practicing all the time just by playing. <laughs> like, I always think that like people always make fun of uh, like Lars Ulrich, like his drumming skills. Yeah. Um, and I always think that like, how do you play like 300 shows a year for 40 years and not just physically get better at your instrument? Yeah, it's so odd to me. Yeah. I think that proves that we all just kind of in the same way that people are sort of born with a natural talent, but then you develop it. Yeah. I feel like people might also have like a natural ceiling. Ceiling. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that you just Well, I've been practicing guitar hit. for three years and I have improved almost not at all. So <laughs> that maybe me and Lars Ulrich are kind of the same. <laughs> I feel like I hit I got pretty good fast, but then you definitely hit these plateaus that Yeah. Unless you really systematically work your way out of them, you can kind of just sit there for a long time. Yeah. Uh, all right. Coming in at number three. Number three. Fallout Boy. Oh, my God. <laughs> With We Didn't Start the Fire. What? <laughs> uh, Cover? They covered this. I think we listened to a little bit of it on a previous episode. How did this happen? What? Good, good question. Oh, and I think they updated the lyrics to have all sorts of new news items. <laughs> You're a big Billy this. Joel fan too, right? I am, but like, yeah, this so is the worst song he ever did. I can't wait for your reaction to this. Wait, first, I have to pause it right there. It's new right away. They start with new stuff. They're kind of picking up the where the song left off, I think. The first line is Captain Planet, though. Captain like, is that Planet. worthy of just <laughs> starting oh, out with a bang? People, people. <laughs> it goes Captain, Sp- Captain Planet, Arab Spring, L.A. Riots, Rodney King. All of those are important events, except maybe I would argue Captain Planet. But wait, isn't Arab Spring in 2010? Yeah, also... Totally out of order, I think. Yeah, like and those, also Rodney the, King started the, like you know that event started the L.A. riots. So, so that's those redundant. are those are flipped around. If anything, right? Rodney King is technically first. Yeah. All right, we got All a lot right, of notes. Let's keep going. <laughs> earthquakes. Okay, deep fakes before earthquakes. <laughs> also, deep fakes is. <laughs> 2020 like they're, yeah that's now billy joel respected a chronology that's why he that's why billy's the master yeah like follow boy uh, come on you got to get these things in chronological order and i get it it's hard i had to write the music chart i was gonna say you, and you, it was already a, like breaking my brain a little bit but you you respected the challenge more than these guys i had to jump from sticks to harpsichords and then to guitar picks Yours is in chronological order. I maintained a a chronology to that, though. I don't respect this cover. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) If anything, this should just be like, you know what? This is for the fans. They should have like a Fallout Boy Patreon. (laughs) 
And this could be like a little bonus fun I mean, for the fans to geek out on. This should not be on the charts. I mean, it, it uh, should be a Billy Jolt Patreon, right? Like, why do the Fall Out Boy fans <laughs> yeah. want this? They kept the same <laughs> synth, Patreon. though, right? It's the same synth tone from the original Billy Joel. D D D D D D D. Right, that's the same, I think. Or really, it's very close. Yeah, they're not really. They didn't change doing their own spin on it. Um, okay, moving on. Oh my God. Coming in at Kurt number two. Cobain Pokemon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Monsanto GMOs. Well, all over uh, the place. All right. If that, but that song's number three? That's number three. Well, I guess that's all that people want. People just want lists. I mean, can't blame them. This whole show is based on lists. So I can't criticize list-based things too much on who charted. Uh, coming in at number two, number two, Green Day, American American Dream is killing me. I think I've heard a little bit of this. And eyewitnesses are even claiming people have turned into. Love that one. Up next, the highly anticipated new single from Green Day. This is the American Dream is killing me. You know, they're just like a songwriting, like power pop machine at this point. Like it is, it is pretty impressive how good the melodies are out of Green Day. Yes, like he just has that magic thing. That speaking of Billy Joel, Billy Joel definitely had it. Rivers Cuomo has it. Like yeah, Paul Simon has it. Some people can just always concoct a melody that is like pretty sticky in your brain. Very catchy. Uh, um, it seems like. American Idiot Part 2. Like, I'm a little surprised that they're doing yeah, this thing I, again. Of all the Green Day catalog, I, I can't believe that they're like, what people like from us is when we make commentary. <laughs> yeah. What they want more of, of all the things we've <laughs> right. done, they liked it when we tried to get serious and right. call out America. <laughs> it's so- What's the name it, of this one again? so odd. American Dream is Killing Me. Oh, that's so lame. It's, a, it's lame. There's, there's, a, there's, a, there's like a- um, there's like the type of protest that like good looking people in college, I feel like do, which is like, like the best looking person on your floor, whether it's physically attractive or just physically charismatic, who like sitting around at a party is like, you know, if you think about it, capitalism is the problem with everything. <laughs> and you want to be like, it's not that you're wrong. It's just that that isn't such an amazing thought that you're having. Right, exactly. And I yeah. feel like Green Day is the the epitome of like, we're going to call out corruption. <laughs> it's yeah. like, well, nobody's for corruption. And also the best kind of, you know, punk is obviously traditionally sort of commentary music. Yeah. It's political. But I feel like to have it be believable, you have to just sort of be coming from like a cool, a cooler place. 
you know, like you mean it's like gotta their be life like, and stuff. Yeah, like you're so, sort of also selling this wild lifestyle, and you're on stage, and there's mosh pits, and like and if like, the sex you're pistols, greasy they, and young and yeah. partying, and so that's cool. That and the and the it, commentary is sort of like biting, but it's, it's not really coming from a super righteous place. Like it's usually just like this shit sucks. Youth, like youthful energy, just like yeah. I'm fed up. I'm tired of being. Young and without power. Yeah. When it gets yeah. like too clean, uh, it becomes lame. Maybe they need to, you know, get more into it and get like, get more detailed and sophisticated, you know, call yeah. out specific congressional bills. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> certain voting blocks. It is tough. Like, I wonder going back to the Beatles, all that, like in the sixties, it was the, level of protest and the level of lyrical sentiment. Like there's no, nobody thought anything was too corny. It's all just like, let's all love each other. And then everyone loves that. I feel like if somebody just said that on air now, it would, would be, be called cheesy and corny. Yeah. There was yeah. a certain amount of earnestness that like, like yeah. Peter, Paul and Mary could just sing like a folk song about peace and everyone would just like fall over. Right. Um, I guess you can only do it once, I guess, you know, um, but also maybe if young, maybe it is youth, like when Bob, Bob Dylan's first albums where he, you know, like singing masters of war and, mm -hmm. um, blowing in the wind and stuff, or the times they are a change in, he was like 21 when he did that, right? Or oh my 22. God. <laughs> that makes me want to just jump off a bridge. <laughs> can you imagine being just that poignant at 21? <laughs> Writing yeah. such good songs that are just are weighty and serious, and they still I mean, feel like I still listen to those songs, and I'm like, "Damn, that's that's really deep," you know. And then I'm like, "That's a 21 year old kid, yeah, telling me that he just, you know, he just had a he had a neck." Um, now they just two? be talking about like chuginess or whatever, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> American dream is too chuggy for me. Too chuggy, yeah. Yeah. Uh, coming in at number one. Number one. Blink 182. What? One more time. Yeah. What? <laughs> Strangers. From strangers into brothers, from brothers into strangers once again. We saw the whole world, but I couldn't see the meaning. I couldn't even recognize my friends. Wow. Uh, this sounds horrible, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they're trying, I, they really never clicked with me. It's actually funny. Cause I always, I remember when they first came out thinking, what are you guys talking? Like, this is just green day. Like they're, this is poor man's green day. I mean, once again, I'm just going to pull the old man car, but like yeah. throughout the nineties, like first there was Nirvana, which was like this, like seismic changing sort of right. mesh of punk rock and a little bit of sort of metal kind of. Right. And it was anti- it exploded. Anti-complexity in that way. Where that paved the way for all, songs now having three or four chords. 
cracked open Damn, this, this whole new era. Yeah. yeah. Then Green Day came out and it was like Nirvana's happy little brother, which was <laughs> yeah. still legit and great, but kind of happy and sort of a bit more juvenile. Right. But, singing about jacking off. Yeah. But it felt like it was sort of a reduced version of Nirvana. And then Blink, it was like, they were all photocopies of each other. And then like right. Blink-182 was like, well, if Green Day was too complicated for you. Yeah. <laughs> and you need a dumber version of Green Day. <laughs> right. We'll, you still we'll go like, even more dumb and juvenile and simple. Yeah. You still like that sort of, um, that snotty teenager voice singing songs to you, but. It was like, you never mind little, yeah. to Dookie to damn it. It was like all just getting yeah. dumber and dumber, but all still sort of catchy and fun and, and good. Yeah. Blink-182 was like the most reduced of, of, of them to me. It was like, you can't get simpler than this without just becoming like a MIDI version of a Saturday morning right. cartoon theme song. Though I will say like, I was, I was wrong in the sense that at the time I really thought that this is just like a, copycat kind of thing, lesser than thing. And then they've become for a certain generation, they've become the ultimate nostalgia act and deeply meaningful, oh, yeah. like Blink-182 for a lot of people I know. People definitely burst into tears yeah. at a Blink-182 song just out of nostalgia. I am not I am not one of them. I'm not one of them. It's interesting though that now they're number one and Green Day is number two. At yep, least this they week. finally surpassed the master. Finally did. Uh, something about and, the but sound Kurt Cobain of that. lives on in the lyrics of a Fall Out Boy song. So Nirvana, you can't get rid of Nirvana <laughs> yeah. either. <laughs> yeah. Um. All right, that's the the state of alternative rock on the charts. At least there are there's a lot of good alternative rock out there, but you know, I think yeah, it's the had- same for all charts. It's like the dinosaurs at this point. Blink-182 and Green Day are like dinosaurs. Absolutely. And they're still on top. So Th- This is the thing that they once destroyed. Like the late 80s was all the old 60s bands were still hanging on to yeah. everything. Like Rolling Stones and Steve Winwood and um, even the Moody Blues had a song in the 80s. And then Nirvana came and like blew them all away. Like they suddenly were more irrelevant than they had ever been. And right. now it's now it's that generation that's hanging on. I okay. mean, the breeders, the breeders just came through LA like two months ago. Oh, did you see early, it? Early nineties. No, I missed it. Oh, okay. I, missed it. I saw Liz Fair. I saw the postal service. Um, So I've seen a lot of sort of like nineties and two thousands. Is that stuff. why you asked me about Liz Fair the other day? I feel like you, you asked yeah. me something about Liz Fair and then I wasn't ever sure like why or what. The- I... Almost thought I had a ticket. So I was like, do you oh, like this fair? Because okay. uh, my girlfriend almost was like, I think I'm too tired to make it to this concert. And I was like, all right, Brett Morris, your lucky day is <laughs> nice. coming in. But um, but then she said, you know what? I can do it. So you, you missed out. I missed out. But I did a preliminary oh, well. sort of check with you. Like, I feel like I the check was like, what does Liz Fair mean to you or something uh, yeah, like that? Are you worthy of this ticket? <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't want to waste this on you if you're like, she Yeah, sucks. I didn't know a <laughs> ticket was, was at hand. Yeah, I should have told uh, you. No, it's all good. Um, okay, that does it for the music charts. And we will be right back with the movies. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. 
cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. A new year is a new chance to focus on you. You're probably already picturing yourself struggling at the gym, but not all self-help has to mean suffering. Squeeze.com is making it easier than ever to elevate your wellness by delivering a juice cleanse right to your doorstep. It's the easiest juice cleanse you'll ever do that may aid in weight loss, eliminating bloating, clearing your skin, boosting your energy levels, improving sleep, and breaking bad eating habits. Meet all your health goals from the comfort of your home. Get free same-day local delivery or fast free delivery nationwide with code WONDERY today at squeezed.com. Welcome back to Who Charted. I got my friend Will Hines here. Will? Hello, everybody. Would you like to count down the movie chart with me? Oh, I, I can't wait. I can't All wait. All right. Would you like to hear my spin on the movie chart theme? Oh, yes. You did one for this too? <laughs> hopefully, hopefully it's technical and a little less fun. It better not be funny. It better yeah. be sterile and technically um, complicated. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Movies. <laughs> You just can't lose. Watch them at home and take off your shoes. <laughs> Make them too long and then I'll snooze. Isn't it weird they still have Tom Cruise? <laughs> Movies. Wow. That's a hot take buried in there. Little commentary. Yeah, you went, after the big, you went after the big gun, the top gun. Incredible. It's not wrong though. It is weird. It is weird. that It's yeah. weird that he's sort of... Not allowed in society anymore, but he is allowed on the biggest possible stage, you know, and, like and beloved there and beloved there. And it's still and a hit absolutely movie, and hit, I watch yeah. it. So I'm full of shit. Like, I, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm the hypocrite, too. Yeah, we I'm, all watch I'm, I'm Tom a, Cruise. I have no morals, but um, it is weird that he was a huge star in like 1986 and he is still a huge star. Like that is right. crazy. And we all kind of openly know that he, he knows where some bodies are buried. Sure. In a massive cult. <laughs> but I guess yeah, I assume that everybody okay that. rich and powerful has some strange knowledge that I'm looking the other That's way. That's probably true so, too. Um, maybe not every, every, but like that lots of rich and famous people. I don't know. Um, not a lot of fans know about your, your conspiracy theories. This is uh, <laughs> maybe time for them going, to come out. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I, uh, I'm just saying, um, I think that Julia Roberts is behind inflation. <laughs> sure that I can't think of a good one. <laughs> I believe it. Yeah. All right. Coming in number five. Number five. This is Trolls. Uh, let's see. <laughs> What's it called? <laughs> trolls Band Together. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Right. right Branches I know. Brother. What? <laughs> Former brother. Call me, Dinkle. It's hard to say I'm sorry. A brother is a friend who can never leave you. It's the strongest bond in the world. I would kill to have a sibling to sing with. Check out your old outfits. Puffy jacket? Puka shell necklaces? Denim tuxedo? Did you have frosted tips? Ah! Look at you. You were so cute. I love it. It was ah! an era. Tragic. I don't know about this one. I mean, it's Justin definitely not Timberlake, for me. Right? Oh, yeah. I, I don't, I don't know. I, I've seen this trailer a number of times in the theater. Um, 
I want, do kids like it? I guess kids just need I don't know. constant noise. I mean, to me, it just is like constant yelling and percussive slams and zings. And I'm like, I get so that, many that, zings. That trailer exhausts me. And they, just, it's all I, the I, same personality. That's what I, I keep saying. It's like the, all these movies have the same personality where, and the characters all have the same personalities where there's the kind of like eyebrow raise and a little zinger. Yeah, the quirky, like, get a load of this. Yeah. Like, you're not going to believe that I can sound, you know, cool. Yeah. I, a toy. I, a toy, can sound dismissive. I feel like kids usually, I remember uh, being a kid and it was like, you don't have the, I don't feel like you have the bandwidth for like a hundred kids, kid movies a year, you know, like you kind of want to obsess over one or two. Yeah. They need one for like yeah. six months. Yeah. Or even the rest of your life. <laughs> right. You know? And then you, <laughs> yeah. and then you write a parody of a Billy Joel song and <laughs> yeah. the first lyric is the cartoon you loved as a kid. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. It's just, it's just right. like trolls is like, the the Blink-182 version of Minions or something like that. Like Minions is to Trolls what Green Day is to Blink-182 or something like that. I think that feels right. Okay, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I'm pretty but sure I'll, that makes sense. I'll get back to you. Coming in at number four. Number four. Godzilla minus one. <clears throat> this one I did see in the theaters. And it was long, but it was awesome. I've heard it's really good. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't seen all of the, not nearly all of the Godzilla movies, but not even the recent ones. But I did go to this one. Something about it seemed like it was going to be good and uh it it really was it was like back to the beginning the true like sort of like meaning of Godzilla as a World War II creation of man almost it was like it was like the evil of World War II manifesting as this beast rather than like a sort of just like a silly monster fighting Mothra or whatever yeah um there's been a lot of Godzilla movies in the last like, or just there's been a lot of Godzilla in the last like five years in different in different areas, um, yeah. TV shows and movies and stuff. But I heard this one's great, so the trailer looked good. I love just the the Japanese title card is really cool. Yeah, yeah, it's very Japanese too in the way that you would want hope it is. Like for some reason, the title minus one made me think I was going to watch this sort of edgy almost like Americanized version and it wasn't yeah. at all. It felt, it felt like deeply Japanese in a really cool way. All um, right. Thumbs up. Thumbs up. Thumbs up. Have, do you watch uh Monarch? I think it's on. Yeah. Apple. That's what I was thinking of. I, I, I haven't watched it, but I hear it's really cool. I have heard that's really good. Yeah. Or Matt Besser speaks highly of it at least. So does um, my brother. That's, that's oh, two friends of ours. Two friends. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. I don't think the movie is related to Monarch at all, but it's kind of no, weird to have two two Godzillas at the same time. But whatever. it'd be like a Sherlock Holmes movie coming out while Elementary's on TV or something. It feels like <laughs> yeah. I wonder if anybody's going to relate to anything I say this whole episode. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but okay. 
Uh, I love Sherlock Holmes. I think there should just be way more Sherlock Holmes okay, stuff yeah. in general. Uh, I'm down. But like old stuffy British Sherlock Holmes, like nothing yeah, I, cool at all. Right. I say. Like yeah, it should just all yeah. be, anal- you know, uh, analysis and like yeah. impossible logic that he's seeing. Crazy observations. Yes. Ah, the waft of tobacco on your shoe means that you recently were on Chapel, <laughs> yeah. Chapel Hill Road. Or whatever. I'm such, I'm a sucker for that. There should be yeah. way more. Um, coming in at number three. Number three. The Boy and the Heron. Mm. Mahito. So, you made it. This is Miyazaki. Have a seat. It's this way, Mahito. A lot of strange things happen in this place. Miyazaki's first feature film in 10 years. The Boy and the Heron is a hand-drawn original story um, written and directed by the Academy Award-winning director. Uh, Features an English voice cast, Christian Bale, Dave Bautista, uh, William Defoe's in there, Mark Hamill. Yeah, Pattinson. Yeah. um, Have you seen any uh, Miyazaki movies before? Have you seen Spirited Away or Howl's Moving Castle? I think I, is Spirited Away the one like in the eighties? No, uh, no, it was two thousands. I think. Uh, I saw one. I th- I think it was oh Totoro. I saw my yeah, neighbor, my neighbor Totoro. Totoro. Yeah, Totoro. Uh, yeah. My nieces love that, and they showed it to me, and yeah. it was really good. Like I'm. Was t- it Kiki's Delivery Service? No, my neighbor Totoro. They're they're both. I think. To- I think they're both Totoro things. But um, yeah. I'm not an expert on Miyazaki and he's somebody where like, he's got a lot of like super fans who like, uh, I, I love everything of his that I've seen. I, I'm not at the level where I run out and see it. Cause it's usually like four hours and it's mm. almost like too beautiful for me. I get sort of like, right. I get sort of lulled into this, like, uh, into this like serene state where I almost like fall asleep while I'm loving it. Weirdly. Yes. And also from what I remember other I Miyazaki that. movies, like the plot is crazy and it's more just like cool visual sequence after cool visual sequence. Certainly there's nothing wrong with that for like a movie. But mm-hmm. when you try to summarize the story of a movie, it's like, well, this boy was lost. And so a pig that was also a stop sign gave him <laughs> yeah. a, a ride into the into a pot full of exactly eyes that were love or something. And it's like, yes. what happened? It's very like and imaginative. All I've seen is Totoro and it was exactly like that. And it was like I saw Spirited Away in the super movies. Creative. It, was, it was it was like I've never seen anything like it. It was it was so uh it was moving and beautiful in a way that I sort of didn't expect. But isn't isn't this movie like ten hours long or something? I hate to, to be like, it's like um, four hours or something. But I've heard that even for him, this one's weird. Like oh, a really? friend of mine who's a super fan of his stuff is like, this one's weird. I'm like, this one's weird? <laughs> uh, how long is it? Now I really want to know. And I guess Pattinson plays a sort of, uh, a very, a character that you wouldn't think of as Robert Pattinson if you've just seen him in Twilight and like Good Time and stuff. Like it's a very yeah. like goofy sort of wisecracking or something like that. It's some sort of like personality that's not very Pattinson, but I guess he does terrific. Okay. 
Um, people, you know, are, people are like surprised that he could do it, I guess. Right. I, I was surprised at how much I liked his Batman. I was ready to really not care for that one. And I, I like that movie. Um, that movie looks great. I mean, he's yeah. great in it. I, um, I was a little tired by the end of Batman. I was like, man, yeah. is there anything fun in Gotham city? This place sucks. Like this place is yeah. so sad, <laughs> but I guess um, I, I like the, I felt like the aesthetic was, I didn't really care for, um, uh, like the Christian Bale ones, like the aesthetic of it was mm-hmm. just too real life. Yeah. Where I'm like, I want a little comic bookiness. I want it to yeah. feel Gothic and, Right. This one felt more like art decorated and kind of stylized. Yeah. I think I need a little of that. Um, This movie, by the way, is two hours, four minutes. So, Oh, that's not so bad. I was wrong. Two hours. That's that's a standard drama length. Standard drama. That's not even uh, Scorsese length. Yep. I was wrong. I was wrong to be smirched. Okay. Coming in at number two. Number two. The Hunger Games, The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes. We're live! Mr. Snow, after everything you've seen out there in the world, what are the Hunger Games for? Peter Dinklage. And who's the main guy? Who is the main guy? Well, I don't it know. He is, looks like um, um he looks like the mentalist. Who is this? Tom Blythe. Oh, okay. Um Rachel Zegler. So this is the Woody Harrelson character, but like back in time or something. Oh, is it? I don't even know enough to know that. So uh, I've only seen the first two Hunger is it Games. A prequel? But, yeah, it's a prequel. It's like yeah. the birth of the Hunger Games. Oh yeah, sixty four years before Katniss. Yeah. Um, um Okay. So um it kind of looks like like the MTV reboot of The Hunger Games. It's like Jennifer Lawrence yeah. not cool enough. We're going to rock and roll up The Hunger Games. Yeah, it's weird just to even be in a period where Hunger Games is getting a reboot. Um because that just seems like a modern era franchise to me, but yeah. uh I remember surprisingly liking the first one more than I thought I would. And sort of planning sure. to watch the sequels, but never getting around to it. <laughs> I saw the first two and I I did enjoy them, but I also was like, <laughs> I mean, I know this is like, they bum me out. Like, yeah. I mean, it's in this bleak world where people have to kill each other for sport. Yeah. And I'm just like, I don't know if I'm, I don't know if I'm excited to watch a bunch of people murder each other. Like, I'm just, I remember, even, even in this like kind of popcorn YA sort of environment. Right. Like, I don't know. I remember in the first one, it really is a hurdle to get over where you're going, you're going like this society is just okay with like killing kids, like kids. Okay. Like you just have to accept yeah, somehow like, that this is the way it works in this but society. But Green Day would just be like, think about it, dude. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's the American dream, dude. <laughs> That's it. It's already That's happening. That's where it's going. Yeah. We might as well be doing that, dude. With Instagram. You just oh like say God, any dude. social media property. Yeah. Are you kidding me, dude? Are you with threads? With friends? With threads dude? the way threads is going, dude? Yeah. Um, I don't think I'll be seeing this one. But uh, coming in at number one. Number one. Wonka. 
<laughs> oh, what are these pigeons? This is like years, traveling the world, perfecting my craft. You see, I'm something of a magician, inventor, and chocolate maker. So quiet up and listen down. Nope, scratch that. Reverse it. Mr. Wonka, I can see you're a man of great ingenuity. What are you doing? <laughs> I'm making chocolate, of course. How do you like it? Dark, white, nutty, absolutely insane. Many people have come here to sell chocolate. They've all been crushed by the chocolate cartel. You can't get a shop without selling chocolate. And you can't sell chocolate without a shop. No daydreaming. What are we going to do, Willie? So this is a Wonka origin story. Mm-hmm. 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 Just what we needed. <laughs> right? <laughs> Why did he get obsessed with chocolate? Why did he... <laughs> Yeah, build this I like crazy the movie. Place. I just need to know how he got here. <laughs> um, uh, it's we. Uh, yeah, God, I hate to be grouch, but it's weird to be nostalgic for something that I don't believe the audience will have seen. Right? Like, scratch mm -hmm. that, reverse it. That's the Gene Wilder line, right, from the original right. Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Right. Um, so to do it is kind of like an Easter egg for who? For me? And like, I right. Mean, it can't be for the fans of Timothy Chalamet. Yeah, you would think it would actually be targeted to older people. Yeah, it's like, don't you want to go back? <laughs> um, I've heard, but this is the—I think this is the guy who directed Paddington and Paddington Two. Yeah, uh, which were Paul really King. fun movies, um, really like charming and lovely films that are really enjoyable. So he's really good. So maybe that'll be, have some of that Paddington magic. Uh, I've heard this movie is very nice is the word I, I heard uh, used to describe it. <laughs> nice. <laughs> uh, yeah, just like, just, just like a funny a, word. I know. This is I, such a funny motivation to see a movie. I heard it's just really like nice. some, I guess just what I said, right? The H Hunger Games is so bleak and everybody murders yeah. each other. And like, here's a movie that's like, nothing bad will happen. Yeah. Like everyone's going to be hugging constantly. <laughs> so the, some some movies are made to give you a nervous breakdown and some movies are meant to make you feel good after a nervous breakdown. It's funny thinking back because we just saw Gremlins, uh, a screening of Gremlins for our friend Katie Platner's birthday. Yes. And uh, it's a movie that was basically for kids, but it was not. There's parts that were just not nice <laughs> in that way that like 80s movies. Yeah, there's some br there's some real about. brutality in Gremlins. Yeah. Uh, and, and some like meanness and some just straight up kids ruining of Christmas for, for right. kids. <clears throat> and like needlessly, uh, like the, that girl's like backstory, she just randomly goes into very needlessly paints this picture of her dad dying in <laughs> as Santa. Yeah. And then that's how she learned that Santa doesn't exist. And I was like, oh, wow. Yeah. If I was like, if you're a kid so, watching that, that's pretty. A weird, pretty brutal hard. story. Yeah. That also ruins Santa Claus. <laughs> yeah. But, and the director was there and uh, Joe Dante. And he even said, I was asked a million times to cut that scene and I wouldn't do it. And I'm sitting there being like, I don't know. I think you should have cut it. Maybe you should have. you should have yeah. cut it. But the movie um, was a success. So what do we know? That was really interesting having him there. And I thought it was kind of a cool little story about Spielberg. Like that, uh. You know, Spielberg sort of gave him the script to work on and didn't necessarily have that much to do, do with the movie. But he did say like, hey, that puppet is really cute. Like you should just have that main puppet, Gizmo, be there the whole movie. Because I guess originally 
Gizmo just turns into a gremlin within like half an hour. And he's like the one piece of Spielbergian advice, which makes so much sense. is just like, keep the cute thing, the whole movie and the kids will be with you forever. It's true. It's true. It's the, uh, uh, as our friend Katie said, it's the, um, the baby Yoda effect. Like the, the puppet is just so adorable and irresistible that it like powers the movie kind of. Yeah. Yeah. And it made me wonder whether Gizmo was partially based on the original Yoda. Uh, yeah. And then baby Yoda is so clearly based on Gizmo or, you know, <laughs> <laughs> it's like this weird. You can't help but compare the Yeah. Um, but, uh, and that's what we think of Wonka. All right. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Go watch Gremlins, though. It holds up, I think. It's a fun yeah. movie. And that does it for the movie charts. Woo! Movies. We'll be right back with the hot picks. You ready? I'm ready. Awesome. The hot picks. The hot picks. The third chart is the hot picks and the countdown's about to start. Let's see who bought a hot pick and let's see who did not. The hot picks. The hot picks. This is the hot picks. I almost forgot to just talk there. I forgot that I'm hosting today <laughs> after hearing Howard's voice <laughs> on that theme song. You just assumed beta position. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but this is where we count down our own recent songs we've been digging or yeah. we just want to highlight in some way. Yeah. It c- could sometimes even be cold picks where they're just so bad they're worth talking about. <laughs> um, those are fun too. But, but I, got uh, all, I got only hot picks today. We'll see whether we beat the iHeartRadio alternative rock chart. Yeah. I think we got a good chance. Um, okay, coming in at number five. Number five. This is my pick. This is Ty Siegel with My Room. Okay. Ty Siegel has a new album coming out. I don't know if you've heard much of him, but uh, he's just, you know, they tease uh, songs. I think he's released three now from it. And the first two I've just absolutely loved, like, so much. I think you would like them, too. And uh, I haven't listened to this one as much, but I'm guessing it's good. Called My Room. Sounds great. Yeah. That was so cool. He's great. I love that. <clears throat> is this stuff he, all like homemade? Is that all just like self-produced? I think so. I, I've like been meaning to know more about him. I think he is from San Francisco. Um, uh-huh. And all of his stuff has a sort of homemade quality, but like, like he's just kind of this genius 
who makes his own stuff and uh, it always sounds cool and almost in the vein of like what I, almost like a Jack White type, you know, but in more to my taste, I would say than Jack White is like, I he do has know, um, 60s influences. Like I feel bad saying this person's name, you know, Jay retard, <laughs> like, no, um, R E A T A R D. Okay. Um, but he, he was like a matador guy who like made, I think it was like a one man operation. Uh-huh. Uh, and it was similarly like, you know, blues rock guitar drum stuff, but like made himself, Mm-hmm. But rather than sound lo-fi, it just sounded like white stripesy, like sort of sort of minimalist, but not amateurish. Uh huh. And yeah. it reminds me. It reminds me. Th- these songs remind me of that a lot. Totally. Like, uh, but like, just kind of bedroom rock, but like, but like, not quiet. Yeah, and there's all like really. There's just. That guitar tone was great. I love the way that guitar sounds. Something about each track that is just very interesting. Like he's doing, and it's cool. It has good taste with all the little pieces there. Yeah. It doesn't sound like clunky. It's like purposely a little clunky, but um, it's always creative. And it's just like, there's these sharp little pieces in the mix that are, that just come out, come at you, you know, like in a really interesting way. I love it. Um, I definitely think you would like the other two singles off this upcoming album. All right. Coming in at number four. Number four. This is your first pick. This is Sam Mm -hmm. Avion with Wisteria. Right. guitar teacher told me about this guy. My guitar teacher actually told me about another song that came out in 2021, I think called never know. Mm-hmm. But this is, this is that person. This is the, the, the new single. Uh, and I also like it and I picked it cause it's hotter. It's hotter in terms of newer than, than never know, but okay. But uh, yeah, Sam Evian, I don't really know anything about him. Just a little groovy little band. Um, it is a band. There's like a drummer and a bassist and a okay. cool little, they're not synth drums. They're real drums. But I like production. You know, he, it's the, good to see him doing new things since his water brand, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's real brave of him to yeah. leave, that, leave that comfort zone. <laughs> yeah. You know what, Brett, that's a real Howard joke. You just, oh, thanks. I, feel like, I feel like Howard's here. All right. I'm, I'm standing in for him. Yeah. Um, I always thought Avion water tasted like shit. To be honest, I like this song a lot better than the, the water. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a smart water guy, a Fiji guy. 
Um, <laughs> all right, coming in at number three. Number three. Uh, this is Knower with Real Nice Moment. This is a Lewis Cole band, if you know him. He's kind of a genius, like drummer and weirdo musician. Cool. Yeah. What's the name of the artist? Knower. Like someone who knows things. Okay. Couldn't look more like they sound. <laughs> They're all recording like in a cool house, like an Airbnb. They, all look they got like, kind of like art school students. Um, definitely like musicians' music. Uh, yeah. Lewis Cole has like a band, Clown Core. <laughs> that is unbelievable, dude. Like if they are, they're, really? if they are playing a show again. I'm dragging you to it because they blew my mind. Like at first you just think like, what the fuck? Like clown stuff has been done before, you know, like ICP or something. This is somehow so much more perfect than that. And the music is incredible. And uh, the whole package is just really funny and good. And they freak out in these musical passages that you just wouldn't you just kind of wouldn't believe like the way he plays drums sounds like an entire drum line is going at the same time. Really? Yeah. He just, he has this style on drums that is kind of just shocking. I um, love this song that you just, I thought, I thought it was yeah. great. A lot of like was, advanced was, jazz stuff happening, but in a, in a crazy fun way, you know, that seems to be the modern take, like sing at like <clears throat> almost silent volume level like sing just yeah. above silence like you're mm-hmm. almost whispering jazz drum background and then at least one instrument has to sound like it's a nintendo yeah <laughs> yeah exactly um, yeah and that but it's a it, it works. makes it's sense like a really it's like cool sound post modern or something you know it's just yeah, it's like, like a synthesizing bl- a blend of all these things that we've grown up with and at this point they just all go into the same pot I meant to tell you, I went to the Sphere last week and saw you two uh-huh. uh, do their concert at the Sphere where it's like this, the oh, ball. Wow. And there's like yeah, video yeah. screens on half the wall and it's all like really intense. Oh, I've been wanting video to do that. Video accompaniment. Um, it was really good. Way better than I thought it was going to be. Um, but who was that Japanese artist I think you took, you recommended that was like, had a lot of light and sound with the music. Do you remember this? Cornelius maybe? Yes, Cornelius. Yeah. Cornelius. Yeah, yeah. I think it was Japanese. Yes. Um, I love okay, Cornelius. Cornelius had an intense, I mean, a good, but like an involved We saw him live, show. right? Yeah, at yeah, Echoplex. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And there was like a bunch of LEDs behind him that were like coordinated with the music. Yes. Uh, and it really added a lot to the show and it was really interesting. And I was like, Cornelius has got to get to the sphere. And so now, <laughs> I'm, now when I watch certain artists, I'm like, I want to see this person insane. in the sphere. 
Yeah. I will say Queens of the Stone Age had an awesome light show that almost reminded me of like, like there were no screens. There were no big screens where you see them on screen. There's nothing that felt like it felt like old school in a way that was really cool and just really well-timed with the music. And it was like, they were in this big pyramid of light and it was just felt like I was almost like at a seventies concert, what I would imagine like queen playing. Like I've seen old footage of queen and there's just like a vibe to the lighting and everything that, uh, I don't know. You just forget like what a great, how much great lighting contributes to a good show sometimes. Yeah. Um, okay. Coming in at number two. Number two. This is your pick. This is uh, Megabog with Cactus People. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sounds like made up words. Uh, These are real, this is a real deal. Chrissy Hines. Yes. Which so I'm going to love. I only heard this song today. You, okay. you asked me to be on this show. I know there's hot picks and I'm not always diligent yeah. about listening to new music. So I asked our friend that we've already referenced Katie Platner. I was like, give me some good songs that came out this year. And she sent me like five. And uh, this was one of them. And I was like, this is, this is going to be my hot pick. So I just heard it today. So it's not like, not like I'm in deep with, Mega sure. pop, but uh, but I dug it. I was like, oh, this is this is real cool. Yeah, there is kind of a pretenders vibe vocally. Yeah, and I just I'm a sucker for like a lush synth bed. Yeah, totally. Yeah, um, it still works so well, even though yeah. that's an old sound at this point. There's yeah. something about synths that always feel otherworldly, like when they're in the speakers. You know. Yeah, there's just I don't know something cool about. Since we'll always music, maybe it's, I wonder if that's a generational thing. Like, I wonder if there's a generation that would that hears a synth and, and is thinks like, it sounds cheesy. old and old, stupid and dated. Yeah, I wonder if it's like every other us, generation loves synths, and every other generation is yeah. like, that's that's my dad's music because we learned synths in association with like Blade Runner and deeply futuristic things. And like yes, it was like a new. It was a new thing. It was yeah. like, oh, this is the future, and and the aesthetic always went like Kraftwerk or whatever was just like we are from the future, and this is right. what it or sounds Tangerine like. Tangerine Dream doing yeah. movie soundtrack, but <laughs> right. then I think like by the time like the movie Drive came around with Ryan Gosling, like. That yeah. had what sounded like an '80s synth soundtrack. Right. So I feel like and it's, it's retro synths. And it's it's still, retro synths. Yeah. So I feel like every other generation. So like us and Gen Z love synth. The millennials maybe hate it or something. Yeah, I'm looping you in with Gen X. I'm sorry, Brett. That's uh, okay. I, 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 I consider myself cuspy. I'm technically I'm a millennial, but uh, uh, I have older siblings, 
And so I, 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 you skew Gen X. I skew Gen X. You were raised in the woods with Jet by Gen X. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. (laughs) Um, uh, I was fed a lot of Gen X taste and I I was identified with that. But uh, okay, coming in at number one. Number one. This is a plug for me. I scored the Destroy All Neighbors soundtrack with my buddy Ryan Katner, also known as Honus Honus from Man Man. And uh, I got permission to play a track on podcasts to promote it. So I figure I'll play the opening track. This is what opens the movie. And this is just called Destroy All Neighbors. You could call it the theme track. It is instrumental. It's very guitar heavy. See what you think. It's a lot of fun to make. Ooh. I love this. Picture this starting like a horror horror movie, you know. Horror comedy. It's got the like sinister funhouse vibe. Yeah. Oh. That guitar is very cool. Just wait. It's about to be a guitar explosion. incredible thanks i love that yeah it's a you know it's a prog themed uh sort of a heavy metal movie with a lot of gore and comedy and stuff so that's kind of on brand and that was a ton of fun to make i Uh, I love the sounds it sounds like um i don't know enough musical antecedents to say it it's not quite sabbath it's like it's like it's like faster than sabbath like lighter like Sabbath yeah. is more bass heavy and stompy. And this is kind of like, almost like if 80s metal was funny or something. Or like- <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. I tried to draw on a little bit of like Robert Fripp, but in, I uh-huh. guess the way I would do it, where I wanted like a, a looping guitar part that was on an odd number with yeah. the, the beat, which is more of like in 4-4 four, four, and then the guitar loops every three. So it creates this disjointed yeah. loop over the thing and then it, you know, kind of explodes into a big. Right. So it's got uh, the weird time signature of a prog rock song, but the tone right. of it is like totally just like, 
evil. Like, <laughs> yeah, Maiden, for sure. Yeah, I yeah. made like Motorhead just like we believe in Satan. Yeah, and it's a little like, bit, little bit Halloweeny, or you know, yeah. a little bit John Carpenter. But uh, there is anyway. like a whimsy to it, which I, which I, I think that is like kind of the man man sound a little bit too. Yes, it's like there's like a a rollicking jalopy sound to it. Like yeah, a, I love that. Like a like a you know like a piano being played by like the Mad Hatter or something like right. That. Yeah, yeah, um, definitely. This it's got that kind of uh, uh, yeah, Funhouse vibe. Yeah. Um, that's really well, cool. cool. Well, look I out can't for wait that. to watch that movie. Yeah, it comes in January twelfth, I think, on Shutter. So uh, it's it's a lot of fun. Can't I wait can't to hear wait. what people think. And uh, Will, thank you so much for joining me hey, on the it charts. Was my, uh, it was my 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 pleasure. As uh, everybody in the Earwolf CBB and its and its descendants and spinoffs, of which this is one, knows I'm available. For last minute fill-ins, <laughs> that's my jam. That's how I. That's In this how case, I'm, I asked you not so last minute, but not then the so last, last minute. minute uh, I was going to be a guest. Drop off was more yeah. last minute, so uh, I, I don't mean to diminish the invitation. I was, I loved to get it. It was not a last, but I'm available yes. for last minute things. Okay, I'm never insulted know. by the. You are our, somebody dropped. Can you do it? I, I love that call. Honestly, um, one of the best traits. I would recommend if I had students somehow. For, if I was a life coach, I would say that that was that's a good yeah, characteristic to have. It's it's fun. Don't be to one be, of those people that just doesn't text back because it's cool. I'm a know. fast texter. Text you can ask anybody. Fast. I'll say yes or no quick. Yeah, we all know um, we're staring at our phones all day. Yeah, I'm there. Yeah, we know we know you're getting our texts. Yeah, uh, that should be one of the lyrics in the one of the lyrics in the Fallout Boy thing. Should be like ghost, <laughs> yeah. ghosted texts or something. <laughs> yeah. Leaving me on red should be like one of the lyrics. Uh, Will, anything you want to plug? Let's plug our podcast. Screw it. We're just going to talk about the Beatles. We're doing new episodes in the new year. Um, and we got exciting announcements that are going to be coming soon. So if you're a fan of the Beatles and aren't we all, aren't we all in some way a fan of the Beatles? Check out our podcast. It's, it is a fun, enthusiastic thing where four friends talk about, talk about all things Beatles. So, um. Uh, that's my plug. Yeah. Check that out, please. Where we don't get all the facts right. Never. We are uh, unashamedly just in love with the band and we yeah. love talking about them. And it, so it's yeah. it's more We're fun, not, less technical. More fun. Uh, yeah. yeah. The opposite of Brett's par- <laughs> <laughs> lyrics. Yeah. But, um, but I mean, we do, we do get, we do to, we get most of the facts right. But I'm just saying. We have a real sizable catalog at this point. Like, you know, you can hear. Takes on every album. And then some. Um, and then some solo albums, the whole shebang. The partnership of John and Paul. We uh, we did we a bass have, uh, episode once. We did just, a four basses episode. <laughs> yeah, which, that was a little, <laughs> little fun. Uh, anyway, that's my Anyway. Plug. All right. Thanks so much. And uh, I already did my plug. Watch the movie next month. Yeah. Sign up for CBB World, improperhumans.com. Um, check out Howard's uh, Grift Horse with Megan Beth Keister and uh, buy some of his merch. And we will see you, hear you, love on you next week, something like that on yeah. Who Shout It. it.